Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com, as well as the co-founder of Divisio, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world, and The Leveragists at TheLeveragists.com. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey. Hello, Jack. Hello, and happy belated birthday. Thank you so much. A whopping 10 years old this year, can you believe? <laughs> you cut out there for a second. A whopping what? 10 years old this year. 10 years old, right. You sound so mature for 10, too. Don't I, though? <laughs> You've grown up fast. They always do. Well, You and Sammy are both I, 10 years old. I know. I thought of that on Sunday. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's all because of my miraculous transformation. I have lived 10 years longer than the doctors thought I would. So, although calendar-wise, I'm supposedly 52 years old this year, I prefer to think of myself as 10. Doctors are dumb anyway. What do they know? Aren't they? I am looking for our guest. So if you could dance for just a minute, I'm going to give him a call quick. All righty. I'm going to dance. Thank you. So I'm sure everybody has uh, downloaded the leverage... <laughs> I'm sure everybody has downloaded the Leverage Black Book by now, but if you haven't, leverageblackbook.com, you can grab it. Uh, it's kind of reset my filter this year, or reset it back to what I believe is mm-hmm. the most important thing. And I've been looking around for lots of really cool stuff, lots of stories that people can share about how they're using leverage in their business, and um, finding a lot of really, really cool stuff. So. I think it's also funny that we have uh, an, a kind of a backlash going on now in the marketing community and the you know, entrepreneurial uh, different discussions going on about this stupid ten times and grind and you know um, I mean working is good work is good leverages work hard too but we do it in a way that we're always looking for the highest point of leverage which might make it seem like at times depending on the context you find us in, that we're being extraordinarily lazy. But we're being extraordinarily smart, in my opinion, (laughs) in that we're always looking for leverage. We're never trying to work just for the sake of it. I just went on a uh, five-day camp trip with my son, and that was all made possible from leverage. Um, If I was in the ten times grind, you know, crank it out, hustle, hustle, hustle mode, 
I would have to be one of those fathers that told his son, no, we can't go camping because i got to go grind. i got to go ten times hustle, which is BS because I just had the time of my life, and I can't wait to uh, go back out and be in the wild. We go out, we camp, we hike, uh, we track, we do all kinds of stuff that's made possible by working smarter, not harder. If you want to learn how that works, go to leverageblackbook.com and download a book. It's free. It's a, a very high-value, full-size book. It's not a trick or a gimmick. <laughs> it's really got good stuff in it, so check it out. Gina, are we back? Almost, Jack. I, I got him on the phone, so I'll be there in a minute. All right. We have Dwayne Golden coming up today. This is going to be fun. He's going to be talking about prospecting and closing and I think since we're almost there, I'm going to go ahead and start his uh, introduction. Dwayne Golden is uh, very quickly risen to the top of the business community over the years while putting to use over 20 years of experience in sales. He's a master trainer and coach. As a child, Dwayne faced many educational challenges, ranging from attending a total of 17 different schools because of family problems, failing its 8th and 12th grade school years, and being placed in special education from the 6th grade until graduation. He's recently honored as one of Harrisburg Area Community College's 40 outstanding alumni over the past 40 years, and he's shown to be a true force in Internet marketing as a powerful income producer. He's coming an awful long way. <laughs> and has trained many leaders in the business community and is reaching new heights with his new Internet marketing company. Dwayne, are you here? Not quite yet. He's on his way. Ah, I thought oh, I timed really it perfectly. Close. You know, Dwayne has been undergoing some medical treatments and had his treatment today scheduled so that he could be here right at 2 o'clock this afternoon, not realizing that we were supposed to be here at noon. So he's taking a break from his treatment so that he can join us now in just a minute, which is really really amazing. I am so grateful to Dwayne. You know, he's, I can tell a little story about how we met. For probably the last year and a half or so, I have heard my PayPal rep, Greg Harris, telling me about this other entrepreneur that he works with who is so incredible and how he's got to get me in touch with him. And it wasn't until a few weeks ago that he finally got Dwayne and I on a call together, and man, did we hit it off instantly. Am I right, Dwayne? You are. Um, it's like I saw that you were. You have a 219 phone number, which is the area of which I live for quite a while, and I also noticed that we have some similar backgrounds through health history and also innovation. So, yes, absolutely it's true. Thanks for letting really? me on your show. I'm so glad you could join us, Dwayne. So Jack just did a great introduction of you, so people know a little bit about you. Um, I didn't hear that in the intro that you read, Jack, did it say anything about being a minister as well? No, I didn't read that. We'll just go ahead and... Get a little bit more background here. <laughs> Dwayne, welcome to I'm the show. I'm thinking that would be appropriate. <laughs> Thank you. Um, first of all, it's a pleasure to be on your, on your program um, after such a short uh, time of meeting. 
and Jack, thank you again for, for the intro. Um, uh, I, you know, the stuff that I do with business and that is not who I am. It's just one of the things that I do. As a person, I, I'm a big believer in contributions, contributing back in the world and the community we live in. So uh, my parent, as a young man, I got started off involved in ministry by the age of 12 and um, learning how to serve other people and do things for people that can't do for themselves and uh, contributing to things that, things that uh, don't necessarily give me an immediate gratification of any type. And so now that I'm in my 50s, it's just a part of what I know to make life worth it, what it a part of what makes it so much bigger than someone's cosmetic appearance or someone's uh, financial statement. It's the real part of life that most people these days don't touch upon. So as minister, I'm not a pastor or a priest or anything of that sort, but wherever I can be used in ministry, I actually jump on board and make myself available um, in whatever community that I, that I live in. And I currently live in Medellin, Colombia, and Palm Bay, Florida, and I have a place in West Palm um, Beach, Florida. So whenever I'm in any place, I, my wife and I, we love to serve, and we raise our children that way to be that way as well. And so the other stuff is just gravy, the, the uh, software company and things that we do with that kind of thing. All that stuff is just a part of some of the inconsequential things that we do, but not who we are. Yeah. It is kind of wild, though, how things are so, you know, we get a lot of guests and we have a lot of people who are, are coming on and we are the same way where we've just kind of evolved to um, do more of what we be, like <laughs> do more of what we are. Because, I mean, what we do in business, we kind of gravitate toward, um, you know, I think as we get older, we start gravitating toward, hey, more and more stuff that I do has to be fulfilling until we get to the point where like 100% of what I do, my goal is to have it be meaningful to me and fulfilling because I think we get more and more keenly aware of how just short life is. And, <laughs> you know, and then, and then we start, you know, a lot of people that we talk to, you can hardly tell the difference between whether they're talking about their personal life or business because they're so intertwined in what they're trying to produce and do. And people are so free nowadays to do just that, just help help people, but, you know, you sometimes can't tell whether somebody's talking about, like, with you with the ministry or with, uh, like, Internet marketing or, or whatever because the helping part is the thing, right? And yes. I think that – I think so many people are coming on and, and, and expressing that desire to be just what you were talking about, you know, and – and not have to separate it anymore. Like we were, you know, we came from the business world or wherever we came from, and we were like, well, I go to work, I clock in, I punch the clock, and I come home, and then I get to be and do what I really want if I have energy to do so. And nowadays, it's not like that at all. It's all so mixed up, and it's wonderful that so many people are discovering this is the way you can actually be. Well, you know, um, this concept of, you know, when you get older, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or uh, you're going to be a police officer or a fireman. This is something that's only a few hundred years old. The way the world operated in, in history, um, even before you could be a, an established painter, right, you couldn't even begin to study under Socrates or Plato until you were like 33, but it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. You needed to be a philosopher. You, should have been a, you needed to be a mathematician. 
You needed to have other things under your belt that would make the whole person because of people like Rene Descartes that says man is greater than the total sum of his parts and certainly we're so much more than a vocation. So for me, um, yeah. it's important. That's what drives the innovation. You know, I created a software company because I wanted to create a ways for individuals and no matter where they live in the world to be able to, to take advantage of some of the advancements of the world, where, where the world's gone. And the way to do that for me was browser-based technology. And so that's what drove it. So if I only did technology, I probably would just work for someone and that would define who I was. So that was, that's part of the blessing, you know, is serving other people. It doesn't matter if, what you believe in. My point is I don't think any human being can become great until they become an excellent servant. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that too. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the mantra of Directions University <laughs> is that we really <laughs> only try to attract people who um, are interested in those in, in that kind of a path in life of, of going, whoa, I've gone too far down this road, and now I'm in danger of being um, recognized as a person who's attached to what they do for a living, and I'm starting yeah. to not like what I do for a living. So I don't want to be attached. I don't want to be recognized as that person. I don't even like what I do. I want to help. I want to serve. I want to have a business that means something. I want to do something in the world that means something, and uh, not only to other people but to myself. And so we're there to catch people uh, and tell them, you know, it's never too late to, you know, go off on another path and, and or do a course correction and um, and put together a life in a business that are all intertwined and together because there's really no limit to it. Now, I don't know if you've seen the um, uh, patreon.com, um, patron.com, but they uh, allow people to just be who the heck they are and do whatever they do in the world and it just provides court, kind of like a crowdfunding situation. Um, and we've been talking about it a lot at Directions U in the bachelor's program because we have so many people who are like, well, I know that I have to consider myself as an entrepreneur, as a business person, but I'm really just an artist, or I'm really just a helper. I'm really into this thing. I just know that if I'm going to get this monetized so that I can you know, get paid and that this is how I make my living, I'm going to have to be a real uh, straight up and down business person, which really freaks artistic people out, or people who are um, you know, therapy-minded people or, or people who have, you know, just gone down a path of getting really, really good at something that doesn't, you know, make you automatically good at business. And then they start right. to freak out. And yeah. You know, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I think that what happens is, depending on people that are uh, thinking of themselves as holistically, it's very difficult to be stuck in a box. You want to allow someone to stick in a box with a whether it's a title or a label of, no, I say you're, you're an entrepreneur or you're just an artist. And I think that's, that's along the lines of what we're talking about. But um, certainly I already hear certain, a lot of common elements that we have in our paths, guys. So that's good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us more, uh, well, what direction would you like to go? Would you like to talk a little bit more about the software stuff? You've mentioned the software company a little bit. Um, is there anything there that we need to know about? Any of our listeners well, would be interested in hearing about? Well, a couple of things. Uh, number one, first of all, I'm on your show, and there's no wrong place to go, right? So it's all good. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the things that I've found that I love in my life is I love any form 
of business um, in that that uh, can help transcend the direction that any of us can go, and at the same to- in the same token, um, software has been a lot of the direction where I've been over the last uh, the last I don't know ten years or so. But prior to that, you know, I started off in medicine. I was a pre med major in college. That was my undergrad. Um, I had a primary care scholarship um, to Penn State and to go to go to medical school, and I ended up going into going to get an MBA instead. And uh, my focus was nonprofit, but man, something about computers and internet that intrigued me uh, that I wanted. I just it's an area, it's a space, almost like a child with Play-Doh. You know, my introduction started. Yeah. In 1987, with the, when it was really small, what they call Mac SEs, really small screen, about as big as a, a phone screen, right? But it, I, it opened up a lot of doors. It made my mind turn a lot. And so uh, once I got my degree and I traveled internationally for, as a consultant, I saw so much of the world that was still even back in, their, in those countries is where, the, where we were in the 1980s. And I saw a need for, um, for the, the advancement not to ruin the beauty of what goes on in countries that aren't technology-driven, but to give some uh, uh, opportunities for them to maybe help that, that area economically and or um, as far as innovatively help the children as they find different learning measures. And so that led to the start of our software company. And, which we create browser-based software, and not nothing specific, other than that we, you know, we focus a lot in in this idea of uh, video conferencing, webinar systems, we we uh, mailing systems, autoresponder systems, um, live chat technology, uh, integration for merchant account systems. Uh, whether it's for authorized.net or international uh, offshore type of account. Uh, we recently just finished a project for PayPal. And then we actually created a direct selling software company for all of Latin America in Spanish for people in Spanish. And we have over, now we're in over 154 countries with that direct selling company that is now in multiple languages. And so we're kind of like, it sounds like we're all over the place, but really. Just by getting in that space, things come to you. Even with the PayPal mm-hmm. uh, incident, they just come. People are like, hey, we saw you guys do this. Do you actually, is this something you probably can create? And then we just go into the cave, and we begin to play around, and we come up with it. So it's a really it's a beautiful place, and it's still in its infantile stages. That re- there's, there's really no limits. And that's, that's one of the things I love about not being in a box. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more opportunity, uh, and I think people are aware that, you know, if you put something in a box and that's where you live, you're only going to get out of it what's, what the dimensions of the box are, and that there's more opportunity outside the box, but also outside the box is scary. Like, it's unknown. It's, uh, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, when people tune into shows like ours, they get to hear guests like you talk about some things that are outside the box that don't sound so scary. It's not so bad. It really is, you know... <laughs> <laughs> really, really good, actually. <laughs> hey, Jack. And that's one of the reasons Leverage Masters exists. Yeah, but you, you know what's interesting, Jack? That a lot of people that recognize it's scary, it's scary out of the box. 
what's crazier than that is it's scary where the where the known is. You know, if I'm if I yeah. if I work at a place where they just laid off 900 people two months ago and the rumors that it's coming again, that's scary. If in fact yeah. I've already been displaced and for years I was only three years away from retirement, and I and they've already started letting people go who are close, that's scary. If in fact mm-hmm. I'm a few I'm a month away from complete foreclosure, that's scary. So the reality is it's all scary. Why make why make out of the box a place where it's the ultimate scary when really in most cases it is a better solution than what we currently uh have that we currently possess. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the way that people are starting to discover that just being interested in something, being passionate about something, leads you to, if you get out of your own way, start going and hanging out in the right places with the right people, asking questions that are the things that kind of lead to, uh, like you with the PayPal gig. PayPal found you because you put yourself in that space and you were working there. You were thriving there, and they, they recognized and found you working and thriving there. And they're always looking for working and thriving people who are, you know, good at what they do. And and that's not just PayPal, that's everybody. It's just really weird how, um, like, we took a little bit of a detour uh, in the last year or so, and we started going in different directions, asking different questions than we did within the box that we had at the time. You know, and everybody's got a box, right? And you're and they're always susceptible to falling into kind of like what I call an entrepreneurial trance state, where here's what I am, here's what I do, here are the products and services I provide, and that is it. Those are the four walls and the floor and the ceiling, and that's it. I, everybody does it, right? It's sometimes useful in understanding the world around you and operating efficiently and effectively, but if you're not aware that you need to break outside of that, Take a break and look up for a minute. Go up for air. Look around. <laughs> be available to new opportunities and ideas. Then you get in that thing and you stay that thing. And then everybody's like, "Oh, there's there's Dwayne or there's Jack. They're they are this 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 and this." So I can't use them for what I wanted to do because on my list of things that they are, they don't they don't show up. So yeah, <laughs> and we might be yeah. those things. We might be we might be that thing. But if we're very much you know. So. Yeah, you know, it's weird, isn't it? Well, well said, Jack. It's it's very weird, but you know what's crazy? This stuff starts off when we're kids. It's 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 it takes years of conditioning for it to happen, unless we have uh, community and parents and others who can interfere with the process. It's really um, these these labels and areas of which we get posted in these groups. You know, it's crazy. Um, I, as an African American male. Um, I didn't even know I was. I didn't know color differences. I didn't see the world that way until like third grade, when I hear a, a smart comment. I didn't think about it, right? And so I thought of myself mm-hmm. as Dwayne. I, I, I mean, yes, I am black, but that doesn't define anything other than the a physical aspect, right? That's the way I looked at it as a kid. And then it took a while before you start getting put in a group. It's like, hey, man, you're really good. You're pr- pretty good to be a business, to be a, a, a woman in business. Wait a minute. I'm a business owner. What do you mean a woman? What does that have to do with it? And the labels, yeah, yeah. It's, it's maybe your gender. And maybe you may be someone who wears glasses, but what is, all that is is that's the outward. That doesn't say anything about what's going on. I think that's the danger. You know, oh, I see. You're a New York mm-hmm. Yankees fan. 
I mean, okay, that's just a sport team I like. That means nothing. <laughs> There's nothing you can learn. You're pretty about good at business for having that. glasses. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it goes it goes down the line, and then on some cases, it creates this uh, condescending receipt that we get in life because now we talk to people, our nose is too big because we've been told since we're little. So when we go after our dreams, we got all these things blocking us. Uh, you know, I probably couldn't say that, you know, as a woman. I couldn't say that at a man's place, or I couldn't say that in this crowd of 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 of, 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 of mixed opinions because, you know, I've got, I've got acne really bad. We start telling, we allow this stuff to, 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 to hang on us, and it kills innovation. And I'm telling you, from living in a country where certainly the, the bulk of the world's innovation over the last 200 years has come from here, we are weakening in this area of innovation because we've allowed this, this channeling and this boxing to put us in last place in many areas we would have never accepted even 50 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is really ironic because the boundaries that we grew up with are completely being obliterated everywhere you look. Like there's, there's somebody working on obliterating old paradigms, old programming, and we're, we're not doing it as activists as much as we're doing it as individuals. Just I don't think that's the way the world ought to work. It's not going to work that way for me. For me, I'm going to choose something different. I'm going to do my business this way. I'm going to do my life this way. And we don't have any boundaries. Like, it's almost as if we bring it upon ourselves because we found more comfort in a world that had boundaries. And that's why I brought that up earlier. Because there really is no excuse. There's no boundary. There's nothing holding anybody back from anything. Technology, you know, even talking about countries. What the heck anymore does a country really mean? Except there's, it's got its own currency and it's got its own laws and rules and boundaries and everything. I mean, you know, it's got those things. But... You know, I'm working with people in India all the time. We've got uh, someone upstairs who works with a, a team in India with our programming stuff and our clients. We've got people in uh, countries all over the world that we work with, and we don't even think about it. We don't think about, oh, you're in India and I'm in. The only time that we think about it is based on time zones. That's it. You know, are they asleep now? Because we're awake and they're all halfway across the world. They're asleep. Okay, we'll set the meeting up for that. That's it. So it's like a earthbound business, but not a country-bound business. Countries mean nothing to us in ours, and everybody can set their business up that way, if you like, if that's what it's needed you know, to, to run your business, if that's your model. And uh, it is really interesting that people feel like they have a lot of boundaries, but it's like, wait, you made that up. You brought that boundary into the room. It wasn't here before maybe, you got maybe, here. But, Jack, you know, maybe they didn't make it up. You have to think about this for a moment. You know, when we're born, we have this innate ability to go after everything we want. And we don't care how foolish we look, how stupid we are. We just go mm-hmm. for it. As a child, it's hungry. They don't worry about being inappropriate. Even if they're in the middle of the mall or a library, when they're hungry, they're going to scream out. Yes? They're going to scream out with their, all, their, all their being. As a two-year-old, once they see something they want, even if it doesn't belong to them, they will come over to you, grab your microphone, and say, mine. It's innate. It's mm-hmm. part of who we are. Now, it took years. Usually it takes about 12 years, maybe 8 to 12 years, to be conditioned into conforming in everything that you believe that you are. If you ask a 6th grader what they want to be growing up, I mean, maybe let's just say a 6-year-older. If you ask a 6-year-old what they want to be when they're growing up, 
they'll tell you, I want to be a policeman, I want to be a fireman, a doctor, I want to be, <laughs> I want to be a truck driver. There's no limit. In the, in the East, people see themselves being many things. Here, okay, what are you going to do now? You're already in, you know, they start getting guidance by the guidance counselor that, okay, you really seem to be good at math. Let's see if we can get you in one of these programs where we can get you into a mathematical program. And then all the box begins. And I'm not yeah. saying that people don't own responsibility. We also live in a generation that is un- less read than any of its previous generations for this country. People don't read mm-hmm. anymore. We have the social network networks, the TV networks, you know, that's what educates our people. People are voting based on a few Facebook posts and maybe a YouTube video. And we're, making, we're voting based on that. But we, don't even, we don't know our constitution. We don't know even who our 10th or 11th president was. We li- uh, literally, there are some we're talking who are adults in this day who couldn't tell you who Jimmy Carter is. Those are the things that allow these boxes to exist in a world where they really, there shouldn't be much room for them is the fact that we don't build our minds up anymore. We over-entertain. And when entertainment's done, we have another season of entertainment. And when baseball season's over, we've got another season of entertainment. And when that's over, we also have American Idol. I'm not saying these things are wrong. I'm saying that it's taken away the thing that gave our people drive, that made us fight for the life we live. And then that's when, you know, the Einstein who migrated from Europe, and others said, i got to get to America, uh, first of all, for safety, but also because there's a lot of cool stuff going on there innovatively in their laboratory. This was a place. This is where the Ben Franklins are born out of. But in a country where we don't read, where we literally get driver's license before we can learn how to read a full book, that's where our troubles lie, my friend. And I do believe there's hope for it. I just think we have to lead the way in that, which is one of the reasons why I get involved yeah. in ministry. I believe people need to learn that. They need to know what happened before they got here. They need to understand that whoever their parents were doesn't define them. If the mother was a, a prostitute and the father was a pimp uh, and the uncle was a jailbird, none of that matters. They have things that they can do with this life, and, and there's no limits on it except for the ones they're allowed to be. And except you and I step out and say this, who's going to cry out for the people that don't know it yet? Sorry for the soapbox, right. but... No, 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 no. That's good. We we were using bubbles not too long ago on the show instead of boxes, and I was going around talking about popping bubbles as everybody gets in a bubble. And if you don't have a bubble, there's always somebody out there trying to blow you into one. Like, oh no, you need to go here. Let me blow this bubble around you. Now this is your world. And 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 you know, popping bubbles has become a a major thing for me. (laughs) If I see somebody stuck in a bubble, I'm popping it. Look, 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 that's not the sky. This is the sky. That was fake. This is real. Check it out. Look around. Enjoy your life. You're welcome. And you know, exactly <laughs> and that could be crazy. with business or personal or whatever. When, boxes are, when bubbles are popped, the quality of life increases. It doesn't decrease just because you have fear. It increases. My last job I had was in two, I left in 2005. I worked for Blue Shield in Pennsylvania as an executive, and I was responsible for 21 different counties. It was the last job I had. And I thought that was, you know, I just couldn't, you know, here's how bad I am with bubbles. Now, some of you guys who are listening on the radio, this may sound irresponsible to you. I had 23 jobs in 19 years. I mean, I did everything. I mean, I'm telling you, I worked as a plumber's helper. I worked at the prison as a prison guard. I literally worked at the, on the military base. I took jobs. But the minute I realized it's going to stifle me and try to keep me here for 30 years, I couldn't take it. Right, and that's not, I'm not saying that's your. That's not necessarily your path, 
But I, I recognize early on because of the stuff I read and the stuff my parents taught me that I cannot let anything define me because I'm going to blink and I'm going to be 60. I'm going to blink and I'm going to be 70, and I'm going to have lots of regret if I, if I accept anything less than what I am put here for. So I can tell you there's so many things I've done. I worked in the hospital as a laboratory uh, manager. I worked in respiratory therapy. I worked in the short procedure unit. I, I literally worked in a college campus. I've done so many things, but you know what I love? I love the fact that none of them stopped what the vision that God put inside me years ago to have my own company. Even though I left my job by 2005, right? My first year in business in 2000, full year in 2006, we did over three quarters of a million dollars the first year. By the time I launched my software company, thank the Lord Almighty, that by following the dreams and paths that were placed in me from birth, I'm able to see what it means to, for my company to produce eight figures annually. Now, that's not a, that's to, that's to impress upon everyone here that there are no limits. I'm a poor African-American that grew up in a family of nine, lived in many homeless shelters with my mother. As my, 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 we lived in, my, my, my father was an alcoholic. We traveled around seeking safety, sleeping in cars, empty houses, to think that such things would be possible, they're only possible if we don't allow the bubble to keep us back. There's not a white man, a black man, a blue man. There's not a politician who can have the final say on what I'm supposed to do in my life. I don't care if Hillary gets in office, if Trump gets in office, if Obama gets in office. We should not allow those things to determine. That itself is a box. It was never mm-hmm. man that made America great. So for us to think someone getting in office is going to make it great again... It's just hogwash. So my point is, the bubbles, when you pop them, everybody listening, get this. I'm here to tell you I'm a, I'm a personal witness. That when you pop it, your quality of life goes up. And yes, there will be resistance, but you already have that. Right? Yes, there will be yeah. things that go against you. There will be family members who think you're nuts, but most of them think you're nuts anyway, so go for it. Okay. Second soapbox. done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so what we've been discussing is what I would call uh, mindset leverage, right? We've been doing that quite a bit, and it's really the, one of the most powerful things because you can't really exercise any other form of leverage if you don't have the mindset and the attitude that you've described very, very eloquently today. So to get to from the mindset stuff to the, the, some practical examples – you sound like somebody who understands leverage really well. You sound like a leveragist to me. To do all of the things that you've described that you've done, to come from where you have to where you are, is impossible without an understanding of leverage. Real leverage, of not course. just hiring virtual assistants and using technology yeah, no, like I'm autoresponders. But, so We're tell me, what, tell like me what you, how you look at the world. Like how do you – when, you, when, when somebody presents you with an opportunity or a problem to solve or something like that, what's the first thing that you go to? How does that work in your mind when you're working through something? Because I think that you do it differently. Uh, I don't know if I do it differently. I, did, I, didn't, I don't know how anyone else does it, so I can only go by the way I, I do it. So right. if we think about uh, Archimedes, right, this guy, he says if you can give me a, a prop long enough, uh, and a, 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 a stone large enough, I could single-handedly move the entire world using leverage. So I get that. And so I learned that early on. So what I've learned to do is if I can get all the information needed, if someone can clearly articulate what they're looking for, I never, ever, it never crosses my mind 
if it can or can't be done, the question is how long it would take. Because I believe all things are possible within reason. So if someone comes to me, um, like I recently, we recently had a client who came to us and was looking for a, um, some sort of a mechanism that would tie in their customers to their products and yet have a way to retrieve the data. Whatever it was, it didn't make sense on the phone. I take the information in. Then, of course, first of all, I don't approach anything as a solo man. I recognize the limits in that. Working as an individual is the same as being in a box, just so, for everybody listening. So I learned a long time ago that the world is moved by people who, who, who determined to have dream teams. They're so powerful. Yes, even Gandhi had a dream team. Jesus Christ had a dream team. You keep going, well, it doesn't matter who you're talking about. You don't operate alone. Here's why. Number one, you can tell if it's in a box if it has caps and limits. So when I see things, I have to remove the caps and limits by making sure I involve a team. If I involve myself, I only have 168 hours a week. 25% of that or so is done sleeping, 7% in traffic. God forbid I've got piano lessons for my child, uh, church in the middle of the week, and dinner with the wife and dates with the wife. How much time do I have to put towards something? So I recognize the limitation of being in a one-man band. Immediately, I bring it. I surrounded myself when I, before I ever taken, taken, on, taken on jobs as a consultant, taken them on as a software creator, and I built myself, what I do is I put a 10 in every area. So when it came to the software, I wanted to make sure my CEO, CIO wanted to be the, be the best possible one out there, that he's a 10 in his area. He doesn't have to be a 10 in communication. He doesn't have to be the guy that goes out and meets the people, but he has to be a 10 in, in, in software so that he can manage those people. Then I have to get someone in marketing who does the same thing, someone who is a 10. When they do it, they are at the top of their game. I need only that... I don't, I don't believe it's fair to the person you're dealing with. If you get someone who says, I'm a great receptionist, and you force them to become a marketing director, I think that's just foolish. So the first thing I do is I build my team. Well, I have that done for a number of years now. Now when I take on any project, I bring my team, I bring my project to a group of tens, and when you bring projects to a group of people who don't see boundaries, the only thing that can happen is you will get what you're looking for. The only question is how long it would take that's the approach. Yeah. So um, yeah. if it's, it doesn't matter what it is. Now, physically, there's going to be limitations because we all have a certain, only a certain number of muscles, a certain number of bones, a certain amount of oxygen we can take in at any moment. So there can be limits on things physically. But when it comes to some things, when it comes to strategies, whether it's a business strategy, I started off, remember, as a consultant, not a software agent. I would help co- companies to expand into different countries, all over Asia, Europe, Latin America. And when I did so, Oftentimes, they brought me a project that I didn't really understand completely, but I had a team that was divided up into people that did. That, mm-hmm. my friend, is one of the ultimate ways to leverage anything is to step outside yourself. You only know so much, as good as you are. You only can do so much, as good as you are, because you only have so much time. But when you surround yourself with a core group of people who you can trust, turn your back on, and know that it's covered people that you know that you can hand them parts of a job to do and the ball will never be dropped, that is the beginning of, of, of anyone's success story. Leveraging, first of all, human capital. If you can human, uh, leverage human capital, the rest is history. It's a hack. It's the matrix, right? Because yes, everybody's yes. – let's, let's, let's just pretend like everybody in the world is all going in the same direction. We're shoulder to shoulder in a giant, giant, giant line. And everybody's thinking of themselves as – 
I am this thing, I am this person, I have this experience, and I'm going in this direction. Nothing's going to stop me uh, except that I'm, you know, and they don't think this part, uh, that I'm all alone and I can only do so much because there's only so much time and, uh, you know, energy and everything that I can individually put forth. Somebody in that line, that huge, huge line of people all across the earth going in one direction, everybody's working, everybody's, you know, doing their part to achieve something, to go somewhere to do something. Some people are getting dragged by their, uh, you know, unwillingness to go anywhere, but everybody's moving in that direction. And then somebody, you or me or Gina, goes, looks one way, looks the other way, looks up and down the line and goes, wait a minute. If I want to really do something truly fantastic, I recognize that I only have this much time. I only have this much skill and everything else in an area. There's all these people who are all going in the same line. They're all going in one direction. They all feel like they're totally individuals, and there's no other option. That's their box. But we woke up from the matrix. How did, I don't know. We, we just did. We, we ran into other people who had woken up from the, uh, the dream, the box, the bubble, whatever it is, and they told us there's something more out there. And we started looking up and down the line. I'm like, wait, I could take that person. And I could take this person and that person and that person. I could put them all together along with me, and we would be a team that could accomplish something so much more grand and, and, and in scope than I could ever do individually. And that's how things start. The line starts to break into groups. And those people who are individuals who thought there were no other options are totally aghast when you come into their world and say, look, I see what you're doing, but you could do this. Really? I could do that? And you would take care yeah. of all the other crap that I'm not good at because I'm sick of trying to be a business person. I wish somebody would handle that so I could just code. I'm sick of trying to code. I just want to market. You're saying that if we all got together and just did our own things that we're all really good at, we could all achieve a heck of a lot more than any of us individually had planned over the next year? I'm in. And all it took was for somebody like you to look around at that line that was all marching forward and go, you know what, I wasn't supposed to turn my head and, and recognize and look at anybody else. We're all just in our bubbles going forward. But I did. I popped my bubble, and I realized there's some other bubbles to pop out there. And you did. You put together teams. And that's leverage, Jack, man. That's like Jack, you know, really powerful stuff. There's a couple of things that I, I want to I touch on here. And one of them is there's a part of leverage that is often underrepresented. And that is the part that is completely – independent of any of us individually, anyone, or the unit itself. And that is, we take action in, an, in, in a forward direction. The forces of nature that God's created here align in our favor and things begin to work. When you sit still, that doesn't happen. Uh, it's like inertia, right? An object in motion tends to stay in motion. What's crazy about this is when you begin to take action, and here's, it's, it's crazy, you know, um, if I wanted to go out there and really get a leap out of something, and I don't know the answers, maybe I start off by, I'm going to go get a book and start reading how to do this, right? But while reading the book, something lied in my favor. I learned something in that book that takes me out to a website, and I'm getting something that I never thought I ever could get, and I got that. But when I got there, something else lied in its favor. And it could, when you start moving forward in a direction, things happen. If you sit still and you allow things to keep you in a box for 5, 10, 15, and 20 years where it becomes go home, eat dinner, watch TV for a little bit, and go back to sleep, get up and go to work and do the same thing every day, that thing you blink and in 20 years is gone. But if you're willing to pop the bubble and look and see what else is possible, it's amazing. I want to do something here. I'm, I'm a big fan of leverage, and I believe that the principles of the universe 
that were given, that were, that were discovered by man, but God created here. Here's what I believe. I like things like buoyancy, right? Um, mm-hmm. I like things that where, hey, it's, it teaches leverage. Just looking at, looking at, looking at principles, and you, I learn leverage from those. Buoyancy is one where in any situation, if you displace the same amount of liquid that you weigh, you will float. It doesn't matter if you're 15 tons. It doesn't matter that you're oblong shape. What matters is if you can displace the same amount of water in which you weigh. How does a human being do it? By lying flat. How does a piece of cardboard do it? The same way. Okay, that's cool. So that means there's ways to get through something. Such principles will help a man or woman to survive quicksand, who usually most people don't, right? They panic and sink down because they don't displace enough <laughs> of the quicksand in which they weigh. They could use There's never a vine when you need one. That's right. That's right. But you don't even need one if you understand leverage. You can actually float right. on your back. Now, that's just one example. We can look at other principles um, that exist, such as uh, inertia. I mentioned a few moments ago, right? One we have because of Isaac Newton. As we set, and we never set things in motion. We got this idea, this dream, but we never set it in motion. And we don't realize things that are set in motion tend to stay in motion unless they're interfered with by an outside source. Sometimes we set something in motion, we get our leverage going, and we allow the outside source of our spouse who tells us it's a stupid idea and it's just a crazy dream. We allow our brothers and sisters to be the outside force. Sometimes we allow that job that tells us we have to work, they demand that we work overtime this weekend to be the outside force. So we lose that inertia and we think that our dream probably wasn't a good one anyway. Leverage is all so well displayed, so well displayed in the principles of the universe that we operate in. I could go on and on and on. How about this? For in every <laughs> in every direction, there's an option. There's an action. There's an equal action in the opposite direction. You mean that if I start moving forward towards my dreams, I'm going to have some resistance and things that go in the opposite direction against me? Yes, it will. But it'll make you stronger and make your dreams more vivid. Man, you know, we could do this all day long because you, you brought up leverage. I tried to – I wanted to warn you. Well, do it. yeah. It's a hot topic. Yeah, I mean, well, the, <laughs> the thing is I love this because that's that was the biggest uh, – not struggle, but the biggest problem that I tried to solve with the Leverage Black Book. It, and, I, I, you know, I opened it up by saying but this is not about – what everybody thinks is leverage. I'm not talking about that shallow. This book would be 20 pages at best if I fluffed it up, if I was only going to talk about you know, what people talk about when they talk about business leverage. I really wanted to get down to the, the core elements. And you just did you – just, I mean, if you'd have been around when I was writing the, the chapters that this would have been perfect for, I would have stolen this from you in a heartbeat because what a brilliant way to do it. It is really elemental stuff. And, you know, it, it – for me, somebody like me at least, it really moves me to find out that the, the things that I believe in, the things I want to do, um, or things that I thought I couldn't do, it, it's a universal truth that they are open to me because that's how the universe works. That's how the yes. earth works. That's how yes. the basics yes. of the very, very basics, the building blocks of life. And boy, what a what a wonderful foundation to put your entire you know, belief system in in terms of where you're going, what you want to accomplish, what you can accomplish, which is, who knows? I don't know what I can accomplish. It's completely unlimited, unlimited. But, you know, yeah. and it helps you to keep that bubble from not forming at all. 
you know, if we yeah. get this really yeah. right, you don't end up in that trance state where it's five years later and you're like, what the hell just happened? What, what's going on? It's five <laughs> years later and I haven't progressed. And it, it helps to keep those bubbles popped when they start to form. Because if that's your foundation, you can't go very long in one trance state thinking, well, I'm only able to do this, or this can only happen this way, or I'm going to have to work harder and skip those meals with the family or whatever, uh, because I, 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 have a I can't see any other, any other way. I yeah. have a confession to make, okay? I hope you can hang. I hope you can. I hope you can receive this. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't want to pretend that I, I was some rocket scientist that just that, that this just stuff just landed in my lap. It was natural because it's not true. Um, I had great struggles as a youngster, and the only way out would have been le- some sort of leverage. I didn't even know the word, but I knew, man, there's no hope for me if this is all there is. So um, I was placed in a special education by, at age of six, by the time I was 11, in sixth grade. And I loved it so much, I stayed until I got out of high school. So I got out of high school, right? Um, in that, I felt like the stupidest person that ever existed. Because I didn't re- learn the same way, and I didn't, um, I just didn't, I did couldn't do corporate learning, so to speak, as you would say, in a group setting where one person teaches. I, I didn't realize that I learned really fast, and if you teach it too much slow, I can't get it. I didn't know that then. At the time, I was just placing two special needs, which is, I have no problem with. But I, even at that, I graduated from high school at a sixth grade level in math, science, and English when I graduated from high school. And even then, I failed the 8th grade and the 12th grade. I knew when I became an adult, all of my friends went off to college and become all kinds of great things, and here I was. Finally got a job at Denny's my senior year, and I was there for three years, and then started my pathway of trying to find what I'm to do. And I had to learn that, hey, if this is all there is, I'm never going to be anything. If, if, I'm, if what I'm going to be is going to be defining what I do. And thank God for it because it, it gave a great place for me because I was already involved in ministry and helping others. And the, one of the part of it was healing for me is I didn't have to be depressed all the time because I thought about I was so focused on helping other people. And here's, here's where I want you to catch. I ended up getting sick. I spent about three years of, in the hospital. I had exposure to chemicals in the military. And here's where the, the lightning struck me, right? I was told in 1989 that I probably wouldn't live to see Christmas because of a rare bone marrow disorder that I had. And that led me to being hospitalized and having over 51, 52 surgeries, 17 of them plastic surgeries in my lower extremities, all my breast tissue removed. And let me tell you, my friend, I got a chance to live again in spite of all of that. I'm still in the bone marrow donor to this day, the donor list. But the crazy thing is, I promise God, if I just get a chance to live, I'm going to live it out with, every, with all of my being, with all of my fiber. So I have an unfair advantage over people who may not have such challenges. There was nowhere else for me to go. There was nothing else I could possibly do and be able to provide for my wife and my children any other way than to go looking for a way that didn't involve me or this physical body, which is beaten, right? right? I, got, I mean, it, it was, there was no other way. So for me, part of the curse was the blessing. The fact that this happened to me, opened so many doors in my mind so that I could have the right mindset, fertile soil for great ideas to land upon. If it would have been back at a time where I spent four to six hours a day watching TV and not reading and not learning, a good idea would have died and went to the grave with me like it does with most people. So I can only encourage those who are listening, if you in any way 
should put yourself on a mental fast where you take in no entertainment, nothing that pleases you outside of things related to your family. Temporarily, until you spend at least 30 days building up your mind, learning things that you've always wanted to learn, learning things you don't know, you will find, you will learn that you cannot create a multiple six-figure income with a $20,000 a year mentality. And that's what Facebook, TV, and all that, if that's your only form of information, are those things, unfortunately, you put your income in a box. Not just you. This is bigger than income, but they're all closely related. You have no limit on your income if you have no limits on you. And if you have no limits on your mind, you have no limits on you. So the key to this for me was going on a mental fast and learning how to put me last and my mind first, putting my... Sorry about that background noise. Putting my um, putting my entertainment and things of desire in the back seat until I insisted upon having some answers. That, my friend, yeah. was my advantage. And I encourage everyone here: if you don't, if you're not sick or any of that stuff, you're not in special needs. It doesn't matter. You can put yourself on your own mental fast and build your mind up without all those things happening to you. Yeah, and if you didn't. If you weren't, and this seems weird, but if you weren't fortunate enough to be born into a situation where resistance was there from your day of birth, you know, I mean, trees can't grow tall and strong unless they have wind to rip the fibers over and over and over, just like you do when you go to the gym and you lift weights. You rip muscle. You're literally injuring yourself every time you lift weights so that your muscle can grow back stronger than it was before and bigger than it was before. Trees flop right over like mush if they're not exposed to wind. They need that to rip their fibers and make their, their, their cores stronger so they can reach, you know, 100 feet tall. You, you came from a background like so many people do. They come from resistance. There's resistance to you. And, and the ingredient that you have that I want everybody to, to, to pay attention to because it's the only thing that was there. I swear there's going to be somebody listening right now that will still believe after you told that story that you had something else that's special that they don't have. And I will agree with them in the sense that maybe they didn't have as much resistance. Maybe they had, you know, a, a grand old time at life going up. They had rich friends, and they, they never really had that much resistance. They went straight into college, and then they hit the real world, which I just watched a video by Gary Vaynerchuk who eloquently said, you know, and when you hit the real world and the market gets to decide whether your idea is good or not, you will know resistance. You will know when the market says, I ain't interested, I don't care, your idea is stupid. Yeah. And they basically answer with apathy. They just don't go anywhere. You don't get any traction. That's when some people's resistance for the first time in their lives ever kicks in. That's the first time it flies. And it's painful then, too, because they've never had it before. They haven't even been conditioned. They're like a tree with no, you know, they're just moving or they're just mushy and moving around. <laughs> so I think that's, that's the key to it, right? You have to have some sort yeah. of resistance to overcome. And you just did well, it with the I, elements earlier, the principles earlier. You, there has to be resistance. If you're going anywhere, there has to be resistance to that going. Otherwise, you're doing something that's not even physically possible in this universe. Yeah. You know what's interesting, my friend? I think that I, – I get that all the time from people. Yeah, you could do it because you're doing – I mean, I hear it all. But I don't really put my yeah. personal business there to let them know all the resistance because I don't think it matters personally. I think we all get it. Maybe mine was financial yeah. as a growing up in a large, poor family. 
with special needs, but yours could be something else. You, some people lose both parents before they're even five. Everybody's got their own story. That's the beauty in it. We all may be of different DNA. We all may have different. Um, we all may have the same fact that we're human. But the beauty here is that we all do get resisted. All of us. No one's exempt. None of us gets out of it right. alive. Me, I may be balding. You, you may uh, uh, struggle with a, uh, a specific uh, ailment from birth. I don't know. I don't even think it matters. I think we just need to look around at ourselves, see those things, and find out what could we possibly do to leverage them. What could we possibly do to, to make our world a better place with whatever we have? Here's a principle, right? One of them is put your life in what was called an open system. You know, the only form of life that we have in this world that has no termination date for death. Do you know that form of life, Jack or, 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 or Gina? There's one form of life that doesn't have a termination date. It doesn't, have to, it doesn't die from age. It can only die from catastrophe or interference. And it, you, let me tell you, that is that of a tree. You know, of course, in many years of botany, it's one of the things that just mesmerized me growing, coming up, and that is this principle of an open system. I thought to myself, if I could put my life or my business or my family in the open system, I'd do it. If it doesn't have to die because of age, it means I don't have to divorce by my 15th year of marriage or my 20th year of marriage. It, it means that I don't have to fall out with my son and we have to stop speaking with each other by the time he's a teenager. When I realize that, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going for it. And you know what a tree does differently that we can learn from? Trees respond to nature favorably. They are obedient. A tree, in order to survive and live without, with, without limits, it needs to have sunlight and needs to have nutrients. And a tree, it, you, it will pull hundreds of gallons of nutrients from the soil every single day. That's what a tree does. What's crazy about it is, if a tree is blocked by a canopy of a larger tree, it will turn sideways. If it's blocked by a building and can't get sunlight, it will find it because it knows that's its duty. And a tree will bend as long as it needs to. If you ever walk through the jungle in any country, you'll notice sometimes there's a tree. You'll walk, a, you know, like 100 feet. There's a tree going sideways. What the heck happened? And it didn't fall. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't struck by lightning. It's being obedient. It's pulling up its nutrients, and it's going towards the light. What we have to do to put ourselves in the most optimum uh, 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 situation for leverage, we've got to make sure we get our nutrients. Feed your mind. Don't kill your, mind, your brain cells with only entertainment. Feed it. Feed your mind. That's the number one. Number two, we actually have to go towards the light. Be obedient towards it. Don't go against nature. Don't take shortcuts that put you down an unethical path. Go with nature. Even if it means you make less money or not as popular, don't cheat the system. Go for it the way it's supposed to work. Bend if you need to. Even if it means you're not going to get sunlight for a week, bend and go sideways. But go down an ethical pathway that gives you a true internal compass. That's the answer, my friend. It doesn't matter about what resistance you had. Those are important that we all get them. But the truth is, regardless of those, you can win. Anyone here can win if they can at least feed their mind. You know, Benjamin Franklin said, you know, if, you, if I... Um, Put my uh, if I put my my, my change in my, my my mind, I could I could I could change the world. But if I can if, oops, if I feed my purse, if I try to feed my wallet only, it's limited. 
We can do so yeah. much with our mind. I tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. My marriage is optimum because I feed my mind. I want to be a better husband and father. I want to be a better man, right? I want to be a better person in the community so my relationships are better. Hey, my business is better. My bottom line is enormous in comparison to what it was before I fed my mind. Therefore, as a result, I must stay true like the tree, keep my mind, my business, my body, my life in an open system. And I'm asking everybody listening to this show today to join me and putting your life in an open system. That's it. I'm done, guys. I, I don't mean to go too far. I push the You guys have been listening to Dwayne Golden. Thank you so much for being here today. Dwayne, how can people find out more about you and get uh, into your sphere of influence? Where do you want them to go? <laughs> you know, uh, good question. You know, one place they can go, I guess, is um, – dun, 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 dun. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. I got, they can go to djglobal.com. Like, that's a starting place. That's not it. I, you know, that's, I can tell you several, several things. If, in fact, you have a business of your own, you need good video conferencing software, go to webinarfusionpro.com. If, in fact, you have some sort of a brick-and-mortar business and you want to be able to attract more people and get more customers online, you can go to uh, geniusmarketingpro.com. If you're an educator and limited to being at home most of the time and you can't get out much and you're a good educator, you can go to Genius Trainer Pro where you can train people and use it and build uh, a way to build subscribers who follow what you're doing there at GeniusTrainerPro.com. I've got hundreds of sites of different things to put out there, but the main thing is um, if you look me up, I'm sure you'll find me on Facebook as Dwayne Golden. Uh, but um, i got a lot of stuff out there. But today was about you guys, not really about me. It was about your subscribers and your audience to make sure we don't, that I didn't cheat them by making the whole thing about me today. Well, you did a wonderful job at that. You uh, you really brought the goods today. We thank you so much for being on the show, Dwayne. And Gina, back to you. Thank you so much, Dwayne. I'll talk to you very bless soon, you. my friend. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. And we will Bye-bye. be back same time, same place next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.